let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Give honor to our pastor, Brother Bradford. Give honor to this great church. Thankful for the opportunity to share the word of the Lord tonight. The book of 1 Samuel chapter number 16 and verse number 1. Then I will read from Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, Paul writes and says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to preach on this subject, overcoming the crooked path. Overcoming the crooked path. If you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time and let's ask God to help us. Lord, we're so uh, unable to do what needs to be done tonight, God. With our own abilities, God. With our own talents. With our own qualities, God. There's nothing that can change. But when you begin to move, oh Lord, and when your power begins to fall on this house, and when your arms of love wrap themselves around someone's brokenness, uh, God, anything can happen. There can be miracles in this house tonight. There can be deliverance in this house tonight. There can be restoration in this house tonight. There can be somebody that was ready to give up that finds a new strength and a new desire and a new passion for life in one moment in the presence of the Lord. Tonight, God, we thank you for who you are. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Overcoming the Crooked Path. Dwight Eisenhower served as a supreme commander in the United States military during World War II, during the which he oversaw the invasion of Normandy in 1944 and many other missions, and he was promoted to a five-star ranking as a general in the Army, something only nine other Americans in history have ever achieved. We know him because he went on to be the 34th president of the United States, President Eisenhower. But before he was ever the president of the United States of America, for four and a half years, he was the president of Columbia University in New York City. And there is a story that says that while he was the president at Columbia University in New York City, that there was a plan being drawn out for the sidewalks that would go around the campus. 
And they made the sidewalk so perfectly straight. They made sure that every angle was a perfect 90 degree angle. And they made sure that the elevation was all correct. And they made sure that it was all up to code and up to quality that they were hoping for. They just made sure on paper that this was the perfect plan for the sidewalks. But they took the plans before the council and before the board. And when President Eisenhower of the university looked over these plans... He said, my problem with your plans is although you have made all the proper calculations for them to be perfectly straight and you've made all the, the proper calculations for every intersection to be perfectly perpendicular and you've made sure that every angle was a perfect 90 and you made sure that every level was perfectly even. He said, my problem with the blueprints of these sidewalks is that I don't think you're really taking into account the reality of where these students are really walking. He said, I see your blueprints and I see your plans but when you look out there there's not a lot of people walking on these routes that you've created for them. He said the better plan would be to go and find the places where people are really walking. Find the pathways where people are really traveling and that's where you need to build a path because you're trying to force people onto something and they're not really living there and they're not really walking Walking there, and it's not going to be effective. But I've come to tell somebody tonight about a God with all mercy and all grace and all love. That when you are somewhere on the outside, walking without direction and walking without hope and walking without peace, when you were in the middle of a crooked path, there was a God that made sure that the pathway of mercy reached to where you are. There's a God that made sure, no matter how great the failure there was a way for you to get back to him no matter what you've done God says I'll take you back and I'll restore you come on somebody the world is trying to build pathways that aren't connecting to where people really live but Jesus said come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest I'm going to talk to somebody tonight about the mercy of God that reaches for the dirtiest sinner for the one that feels unlovable for the one that feels unreachable. Oh, somebody, you better preach with me for a few moments tonight. I want you to know that God can save you no matter what your past looks like, that God can reach down no matter what your sin and what you've done and your failures and all the filth of the world. There's a God that can clean you. There's a God that will love you. There's a God that will restore you. There's a God whose blood reaches to the lowest valleys. Let's worship the Lord for a few seconds. Come on, somebody. Let's not go through the motions tonight. Let's not just expect, oh, what we, what we just came for is that we'll just go through a service and nothing will change and nothing will happen. And maybe next week we can try again. But for somebody, they're wondering, is there a God out there that cares? They're wondering, is there anybody that can reach me? I'm falling. I'm broken. I'm lost. Is there a pathway for me? Is there a way out for me? Is there salvation? Is there love? Is there a family for me? Oh, let's lift our hands all across this house. You may be seated. Problem with your sidewalks, you aren't covering 
the actual paths where people are taking. Job in 23 and 8 said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You may not feel like God is there, but let me tell you that God is right in the middle of your situation. That God's hand is still on your life. That God hasn't pulled away from you. That God hasn't withdrawn himself from you. If you're under the sound of my voice tonight, God is still reaching for you. God wants to forgive. God wants to restore. God wants to do a new thing in your life. You may feel like you're so far away that you can never get back, but God can reach you where you are. Psalms 139 and 7, whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy right hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Even there, if you're addicted, even there. If you feel like giving up, even there. If you've lost everything, even there. You lost your job. Your family's falling apart. Even there, even there, even there. His arm is not short that it cannot reach you. Oh, come on, you're facing the darkest season of your life. Even there, there's a God that's pulling you out. But you say tonight, I've gone too far in the wrong direction. There's no way I can make that journey back. Let me tell you tonight, you don't have to worry about everything and how it's all going to work out tonight. You just need to make the first step. Tonight, you just need to make up in your mind that I'm tired of the way I've been living and I don't know how it's all going to unfold, but I'm not going back to where I came from, but I'm going forward in the mercy and in the forgiveness of God. I've seen people hesitate because they don't think they're going to be perfect. They don't think they're going to make it this time. It's not about you and your ability to keep yourself. But there is a God, as it was in the scripture reading tonight, who's able to keep you and present you before the presence of his glory. There's a God who's reaching for you, and he wants you to be saved more than you even want to be saved yourself. You've been bought with a price. There's still value on your life. God loves you as much today as he's ever loved you before there's nothing you can do that would make God stop loving you that would make God stop reaching for you you need to stop believing the lie that you've gone too far don't tell me where mercy stops don't tell me where God's hand can't reach even there his right hand can hold you oh come on somebody get with me tonight there's a God that's reaching for the lost Acts 2, 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. All those that are far off, all those that they may have been in a bad place for a long time and gave up everything and we wouldn't even recognize who they are anymore. 
anymore and they've done everything they can to destroy their life and they still seem to be holding on somehow and they stumble back into the house of God even them that are far off he's reaching for them to save them and to restore them you may have hurt others and they don't want to talk to you anymore but God still wants to have a conversation with you God still wants to reach you God still wants to save you I'm talking about overcoming the crooked path the first step of overcoming the crooked path is to realize that God can reach you wherever you are God can save you no matter what you've done I've gone too far to come back now or you may say tonight I've lost so much that I can never really recover everything and all that I once was I can never be that again we make mistakes and we make failures and I'll tell you I've seen some good people fall away and it's unbelievable sometimes but the Bible says that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance God didn't call you on accident. God didn't call you on mistake. God didn't save you to fail. God didn't save you to fall into sin. You may have been a little bit of a runaway, but you've never been an orphan. You've never been left. You've never been neglected. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even to the ends of the earth. I don't know the failure. I don't know the sin, but I know the mercy of my God is reaching for you tonight. In the book of Ezra, chapter 1 and verse 7, says, Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and he put them in the house of his God. It was a few years earlier when Nebuchadnezzar came in and he burned Jerusalem to the ground and he captured the city that he took all the valuables out of the house of the Lord, the treasury of the Lord, and he put them in the house of his gods. And during that time of captivity... During those years of captivity, nobody knew where the treasures were. Nobody knew what had happened to it. Many had thought that it had been lost, it had been damaged, it had been stolen, it had been broken. It was just never going to be seen again. It was never going to be back in their possession again. But when God began to open the door for them to go from captivity back to Jerusalem, back to the house of God, to rebuild some old things, it said that Cyrus opened up the doors of the treasury and there was the treasures that they thought they had lost and they would never get back but I'll tell you just when they thought they lost everything and they couldn't get it back there was a God that had it in safekeeping the whole time there's some people here you feel like you've lost your calling you feel like you've lost your ministry feel like you've lost your anointing feel like you've lost your ability to be anything in the kingdom of God let me tell you about the safekeeping of God that when you're ready to get right with God and you're ready to get back on that path way oh he'll have Cyrus open up the doors and the treasure that you were looking for has been here in safekeeping the whole time you can get up again you can be used of God again come on somebody you can reach the lost again you can be a vessel of God's glory again you can do great and powerful things in spite of failures in spite of the past in spite of all the wrong directions that you went if you begin to get back to God there's some things that have been preserved in his safekeeping God wants to restore somebody tonight God wants to let somebody know if you'll step forward I'll use you for my glory 
If you'll rededicate yourself to me, I'm right here where you left me. The calling that you want to have is right here where you left it. The ministry you once hoped to have, it's right here where you left it. You've just got to get back on the road. You've got to overcome the crooked path you've been on. And there's some things that have been preserved in safekeeping. Tell you we feel so unlovable and we feel so unusable because we've been listening to the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy wants to tell you that you can never get back up. The voice of the enemy wants to tell you you've gone too far. People know too much about you. Your reputation is tarnished. You should never try again. But I want to tell you that God is still reaching for you and he wants to use you. He wants to see your life made whole once again. He wants to see you standing back on your feet and doing the work of the kingdom of God. You are still valuable. You are still loved. You are still so much you are still so important to the kingdom of God it was Abraham Abraham was called to be the father of the faithful father of many nations but when God called Abraham to be the father of many nations he never had a son so as he went on and grew impatient because he saw what God was calling him to be but he didn't see the fulfillment of it right now that he fell into some shortcomings because of impatience and he laid with his wife's servant, Hagar. And we know the story. They had a son named Ishmael. He would go on and there would be all kinds of wars around the nations even till today because of this decision. But, you know, after this decision, God did not speak to Abraham for about 13 years. There's no recorded conversations between God and Abraham. And I wonder in those times of silence if Abraham wondered if he'd ever be used of God again because of his failures, because of his impatience, because of stepping out of bounds. He questioned within himself if he was even supposed to be all that stuff that God once told him he could be. We feel that way sometimes because of our impatience and because of our decisions that we've made in frustration and because of the shortcuts we've tried to make for ourselves. We feel like we've stepped out and away from God's plan. But in Genesis 17 and 1, when Abram was 90 and 9 years old, the Lord appeared unto him and said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Just when he felt like the season of silence was going to go on forever, just when he felt like he could never be the father of the faithful he wouldn't be the father of many nations he told him in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed he thought that it had all been thrown away and he thought he'd never see it again but it was just in that moment when he felt like giving up that there was a God that said my covenant is still with you my hand is still on you my love is still for you I'm still going to use you Abraham or we can talk about Jonah in the book of Jonah 1 and 1 says the word of the Lord came unto Jonah saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. He calls Jonah and Jonah because of a few different reasons goes in the totally opposite direction. He goes to Tarshish. He gets on a boat. He gets thrown off the boat because the storm is so bad. He gets thrown into the water because they found out that he was being disobedient to his God. And a whale or a giant fish comes up and swallows him and keeps him in the belly of the whale for three days. And he prays and he's thrown up onto dry land. And we know the story. 
And in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. In the original Hebrew language, it is literally paralleling chapter 1 and 1 to chapter 3 and verse 1. It's using the same words. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. But the next time it says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. It didn't go back and revisit all of his mistakes it didn't go back and revisit all of his failures but the writer of the book of Jonah is trying to portray to us the idea that despite all the bad uh, and all the ugly and all the shortcomings in chapter 1 and all the mistakes in chapter 2 that it's chapter 3 and it's a new chapter and God's mercy is made new and it's time for a new beginning I don't know what you've been doing over the last couple seasons of your life but I want you to know that if you respond to the Lord he's got a new chapter for you he's got a new beginning for you the first chapter may have been defeat the first chapter may have been sin the first chapter may have been bitterness and anger and shortcomings the second chapter may have been shipwreck the second chapter may have been being overwhelmed by life and never turning back to God but I'll tell you there's a new chapter there's a new beginning there's a new day and it's got your name on it it's a day of victory it's a day of anointing it's a day to do great things for the kingdom of God come on there's some musicians you need to be used of God again there's some preachers you should be preaching the word again there's some people that were once anointed you need to get anointed again chapter one's behind you chapter two's behind you it's time to step into chapter three Come on, let's worship the Lord for about 15 seconds. God wants to bring a new beginning. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to use you and like you never thought you could be used because of failures and shortcomings and bitterness and mistakes in the past. He says, come on, I'm not just the author, but I'm the finisher. I'm not just the one that started the story, but I'm the one that's able to finish the story. You may have took a pen from me somewhere in the middle, but it's time for chapter 3, and I'm writing this story. I'm writing the end of this one and you're going to be victorious you're going to be anointed you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God the musicians can come I'm almost finished oh let's pray for a few seconds tonight God's trying to encourage someone in your faith you don't think you can do anything for God. You think too many people know too much has happened. You've gone too far. You've lost too much. The road is too dark. There's too many uncertainties. You don't know what people will say. You don't know how it will all work out. You don't worry about the end of the story. You just give the pen back to God and you stand there and say, do whatever you want to do. I'm ready for chapter 3. I'm ready to leave the old things behind and let all things become new. I'm ready to leave my identity from yesterday behind and become new. I'm ready to leave my failures behind and become new because I'm tired of the way that I've been living. But tonight, as we all stand, it's important for us to know, number one, is that you can't go so far away that God can't reach you. And number two, that you haven't lost so much that God can't restore everything you've lost. Those two things are important. But really the most important thing with all of this tonight is how do we respond to that? You've heard it. You can understand it. You can believe it. But you've got to take some ownership of this yourself.
if you're going to overcome the crooked path, you're going to have to get an attitude that says, I refuse to stay where I am. I refuse to stay in this place listening to the lies of the enemy that wants to destroy me. I refuse to stay connected to voices that are telling me that I'm unlovable and unworthy and I can't do anything for God. I'm tired of listening to the voice of a giant that tells me that my God cannot forgive me and cannot save me and that I've gone too far. But I want to pick up some stones of faith tonight and I want to combat the enemy myself and say, you come against me with sword and spear. You come against me with with." guilt and bitterness you come against me with all kinds of psychological attacks but I'm coming at you with the word of God and the word of God says that there's a new beginning for me the word of God says that I can get back up and be used again and be anointed again Exodus 3 and 3 Moses as he's walking as one of the biggest failures at this point it seems like in the whole word of God he can't even talk to God. He's like stuttering. We call him stuttering Moses. It's like, how did he ever get to be stuttering Moses? Because when you read in Acts chapter 7, it says that he was mighty in words and deeds and everything the Egyptians did. So at one time, he was bold. At one time, he had power and authority, and he was a great man in his city. But now, after failures and after isolation and time away from his calling and time away from his purpose, he stands before God, and when God calls him to speak the word, he says, I can't do that. I, I have to get somebody to help me. There's nobody, uh, there's no way that I can do that myself because of time and isolation away from God. Time and isolation away from the house of God can distort our thoughts, can distort our minds. We need to be here. You may feel like you failed God so much you shouldn't be here, but when you fail God the most, that's the most important time to be here. I want to come to God before I go anywhere else. Before I give up, I want to make sure, God, I brought my brokenness before you. I brought my failure before you. There's nothing for you out there in this world. There's a world that will offer you friendship. They'll offer you comfort, but they don't care about your soul. They don't care about your calling. They don't care about any of that. But there's a God that says, hold on. I am the potter, and you are the clay. And there may be some broken pieces, and there may be some jagged edges, and there may be a place where you were dropped, but let me work all over again and let me do a new thing in your life and you can be a vessel of honor all over again Moses feeling like a failure as he was walking by the burning bush the burning bush didn't come to where he was but the burning bush made itself aware to him so that he could make the action to get to where the burning bush was he had to say within himself I will now turn aside one of the greatest turning points of our life is when we begin to speak some things to ourselves, and we begin to make some decisions for ourselves, and we begin to draw the line for ourselves. Matthew chapter 9 and 20, a woman when she was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Luke 15 and 17, the prodigal son, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. 
The greatest message of your life is not going to come from an evangelist. It's not going to come from a pastor or a conference or camp meeting or youth rally. But it's going to come when you become so sick and tired of your situation. And so sick and tired of the lies and the enemies and the failures and the mistakes and the guilt and the brokenness and all that's behind you. That you say within yourself, I'm going to rise up beyond this. I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm drawing that line. I'm making that decision. I'm going forward and I'm not going back. I'm going forward in the mercy of God. I don't, I'm not going back to guilt. I'm not going back to bitterness. I'm not going back to shame. I'm not going to live another day in this hell that I've been abiding in lately. Oh, I'm going to tell you tonight. Oh, if you're in the middle of the darkest season of your life, number one, there's a God that will reach you. Number two, you've got to respond to it and say, God, I'm tired of the way I've been living, and I am coming towards you. In the year of 1519, as I conclude tonight, Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez arrived in the New World with 600 men. And upon arrival, he did the unthinkable when he destroyed all of his boats. Going into a new land across the ocean, a place he wasn't sure how it was all going to happen, but they had a mission to go forward and to conquer this land. The first thing he said was, if we're going to conquer this land, there can be no escape route. There can be no plan B. There can be no other option. This has to be the point of no return. So when he destroyed all of his boats, he was telling his men, this is it. This is all or nothing. We can't live our lives with one eye on what could have been. One eye on the past failures and mistakes. One eye on our regrets in life. We can't go down the road with one eye always focused on our rearview mirror looking at the past. The past is over. The failures, the sin, the shame, the guilt, the bitterness, the hurts, the pain, it's over. It's time to move forward and to overcome the crooked path. I'm going to tell you tonight, God is asking somebody to burn some things, to burn some boats, to cut off some options. Because as long as you entertain those options, you'll never fully commit to what God calls you to do. I'm not looking for any other opportunities. I'm not looking for a way out. Young people, you may say to yourself, as soon as I get to the age where I can make my own decisions, I'm out of here. I wonder tonight, is there a young person that will recognize that if you always have that option B, if you always have that escape route, you're never going to be fully committed to what God wants you to do, and you're never going to see the fullness of the anointing and the calling that God has for your future. Husbands and wives looking at other options, wondering if you're going to stick it out through this marriage or if you'll just step away and start a family with somebody else. I'll tell you what you need to do tonight. You need to get your eyes on what's in front of you and remove every escape route. Remove every other option. Remove all the regrets. Remove all the failures. Remove all the regrets. Stop looking in the rearview mirror and start looking through the windshield and say that I'm going forward in the mercy of God. I'm not going back to the past. I'm not giving in to the temptations to give up and to throw in the towel, but I'm going to commit myself to the Lord. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to make a decision tonight to burn the boats, destroy the escape routes. There's no turning back. This is the point of no return. There is no plan B. Let's lift up our voices all across this house. God is dealing with somebody's heart. 
you've been looking in other directions. You've been looking at your past and letting it control you. You've been looking at failures and letting them control you. You can't forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made. You can't forgive others for the way they've hurt you. It's time to burn those boats. It's time to get rid of the distractions. Because as long as there's distractions, you'll never fully commit to what God wants you to do. If you're going to get the Holy Ghost, it's going to be when you destroy some other thoughts of inadequacy and feeling worthless and feeling unlovable. God, I'm getting rid of all that stuff so that I can focus on you. God is reaching for you. And God loves you. And God wants to restore you. But you've got to make up in your mind to take the first step I wonder tonight if we can gather around the front of this church if there's somebody that's ready to make a decision to live for the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart if there's somebody that says you know what I didn't think I could ever be used again. I didn't think that God had anything that I could do in the kingdom. But now I feel strength. I feel hope. I feel a peace. I feel like I can do a new thing. Come on, somebody. There's some chapter threes that God wants to open up tonight. Chapter one was a shipwreck. Chapter two was full of mistakes. But God wants to do a new thing. God wants to lay out a new path. And it reaches all the way to where you are. And it restores everything that you've lost. Come on, somebody. Let's press into the presence of God. God as they sing tonight.